The Connection Podcast, connecting you to the life of the church community within the parish of Yate and the Froomside Benefice. Hello and welcome to The Connection Podcast. My name's Justin, I am your host, and it's great that you're here. I hope you guys have had a wonderful summer. It certainly has been a bit wet, so I hope you've managed to stay dry. And if you have managed to get away, then I hope you've had a great time. The church community has been relatively quiet. There's not much been going on, but if you've been coming along to churches uh, within Yate Parish or Froomside, I hope you've managed to uh, connect with what's going on. And I hope you are looking forward to uh, what is now going to enter into harvest and into Christmas. And there's plenty of stuff that's going to be happening. On this week's episode, we have Leanne Parks, who is from the Bristol Diocese, who is the specialist in dementia, and is going to talk to us about how we, within our mission area, can become more dementia-friendly within our church community. We also have a wonderful reflective piece from Hal Snook from Yate Parish, and one from Joe Strange from the Froomside Benefice. Called to be Fully Ourselves, a magazine article written by Howell, that's me, um, in last month's magazine. Like many people, I was given a picture in my head of what a Christian was, and it wasn't very good. Stereotypes affect us internally as well as externally. They affect how we think of ourselves. Wanda was saying this week that she didn't want to be or thought to be a Christian, because Christians all wore A-line skirts, whatever they are, and were po-faced. I didn't want to be a Christian because I thought they were all nasty and old-fashioned. It's strange that both of us have been in the church all or most of our lives, but the power of these stereotypes persist even in our own minds. This week on Twitter, the monastery I trained to be a priest in put a picture on Twitter of this year's crop of students who will be ordained in July. One of the students had red hair and someone on Twitter complained that a priest should not have red hair. This reminded me of a time in the monastery where I was really, really cross as I felt as though being a priest would be stifling and conformist. I shouted, Resistance isn't futile. I will not be assimilated. Now, that won't mean much to a a non-Star Trek fan, but it's a reference to the Borg, the baddies in Star Trek. The Borg want to make the whole universe part of a huge collective where everyone thinks and acts the same. I was scared that priesthood would be a bit like that, making me into somebody I wasn't. Father Peter replied, Oh, how well, you couldn't be more wrong. Unlike most of the time in college, he was right and I was wrong. God calls us to be fully ourselves, not to conform to a type. The trouble is that the world tells us day in, day out, that it is what, that is what being a Christian is, being moulded into something we are not, A-line skirts and all. The truth is, it is the world that calls us to conform, 
to be the way they want us to be, to buy the things they want us to buy, to think the way they want us to think. We live in a world far more conformist than ever before, in my life at least. We are created as unique individuals, as God calls us to serve him as a particular person that he created. Each person being of equal value to God and knitted together to form the body of Christ. It is through becoming this person we are created to be that God reveals himself and we make Jesus visible. So it's great that a priest can have red hair because that's who she is. She must have had the same talk of Father Peter that I had. We were all told that at ordination, we were to wear something that shows who we are, to celebrate God calling us uniquely. So I wore my Iron Maiden Dances of Death World Tour t-shirt under my cassock. God calls us to be who we are created to be. So the next time you think, ugh, I don't want to be like that. Remember, red hair and Dances of Death World Tour t-shirts and know that that's a lie. It is the world who wants us to be automatons, not God. So, dementia. It's something we are fully aware that exists in our communities and, of course, it exists within our churches. And in recent facts, we know that within the United Kingdom, there's a million people with dementia who, uh, which we expect to rise to about 1.6 million by 2050. And we're really pleased and uh, lucky to have Leanne Parks with us on The Connection, who is the Bristol Diocese Dementia and Older Persons Mental Health Advisor to come and join us here on The Connection. Leanne, thank you for coming along. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Well, thank you very much for giving up your time in talking to us within uh, the Gate Parish and Froomside Benefits. Um, this conversation has really come from the fact that we've recently had a Dementia Awareness Day uh, within the mission area, which from what I heard from the people that went along, they said it was a great day. But uh, what I'd like us to do this evening is just explore some of those really important key messages that allow us as members of the church just to understand what dementia is all about. But before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, Leanne, let's let's talk about your role. You, you are uh, the Dementia and uh, um, Older Persons Mental Health Advisor within the, the Diocese of Bristol. Let, let's talk a little bit about what that role exists and what that role is and how did you get into that role? Well, basically, the role um, initially was for 18 months, although the contract's um, now been extended. But the, the funding for my role came from St Monica Trust, um, who, who put out some information to say that they had a pop, some pop money available and the diocese uh, decided to apply for one of the pots for my role, um, so hence it being a sort of 18-month contract. And really, obviously, St Monica own lots of care homes and have got a real focus on older people. So obviously the money had to be sort of spent focusing on older people. Um, and the diocese decided to um, prioritise dementia and older persons mental health um the first part of my role has been to map what our churches are doing already for older people hmm. um in bristol and south gloss purely because 
that's the funding jurisdiction that was put in place. Um, St Monica's only fund Greater Bristol, um, so we couldn't go right across the diocese initially. Um, and then the second part of my role was to help churches really think about some of the activities they're running, how they could make them more accessible for people living with dementia, looking a little bit about the ways of well-being, really, for older persons' mental health as well, um, and seeing what kind of activities I could help either make a little bit more dementia-friendly or if churches were thinking of set, setting up activities for older people, how we could help them, how, how we can help them do that. And obviously part of that is some churches came in and sort of said, well, we need to really raise awareness of dementia before we can think about running things. Um, and so more than anything, I guess, the, the past year, I've been helping to raise awareness of dementia albeit sometimes to small groups like um, PCCs, mm. and then obviously for Yate and Froomside to a much bigger group, which was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. De definitely. Well, that sounds like a really exciting role and, and a really good partnership with uh, other organisations within Bristol uh, to, to bring this incredibly important subject to the forefront, because uh, we live with it all the time. People in our communities, people that we work with, and of course on a Sunday morning or wherever and whatever, whatever time you worship, people within your congregation, that there's probably going to be someone in there that is suffering from a varying different degree of dementia. Yes, um, there there is, yes. Um, and, you know, some of our churches maybe recognise that already. Yeah. And, and some don't recognise it um, and want some pointers as to, you know, how, how will we know um, if the person is living with dementia or starting to show signs of dementia so sort of giving them some hints and tips that way as well so i guess we have to start off with the basics because let's ultimately let's understand what dementia is we we kind of hear about it and there's lots of stigmatism and there's lots of misinformation around dementia but but but, but what, what is dementia let's just try and understand what that is well i guess it is caused by diseases of the brain Dementia. Um, and dementia is actually a, a sort of more of an umbrella term covering that. And the most common type of dementia is Alzheimer's. That's the one that most people have heard of. Um, and vascular dementia. And I guess what dementia is not, and this this is sort of, sort of sometimes a little bit of a misconception, is not a natural part of ageing. So not everyone who gets old is, is necessarily good dementia's old so it's not some people I guess initially I've heard sort of people say even in my own family oh well everyone forgets things when they're older and and sort of putting it very much down to age but it is like I say actually you know a, a disease of the brain and it's not just a natural part of aging well, that's really good to know because I think you're right. I think a lot of people just assume dementia is a, a single word that's used and it is only for the elderly, but it, it obviously can affect many different ages and it is an umbrella term that, that, that covers lots of different reasons why your brain is maybe not working as well as it maybe did prior to that. Um, okay, so so what are the what are the symptoms of dementia? Um, if someone was falling More into more than two, term? there's actually sort of 
to about 200 wow. brain diseases under the umbrella term of dementia, which is wow. is quite staggering. But obviously there are ones that people have heard of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I guess what, what are those symptoms that we know that could be attributed to dementia? Well, I think the thing to say is, is it's not just about losing your memory, although that can be and often is a huge part of it, but it's not just about losing your memory. So planning and organising can be affected. Um, and I know one of the examples that's used quite a lot is just thinking about the steps we go through to make a cup of tea. Um, and if you really, really think about it and write them down, there are there are quite a lot of steps to remember. Um, and quite often, people starting to show the signs of dementia, they can they're planning and organising just for what we would deem to be sort of a straightforward task of making a cup of tea, can be affected. Um, you know, so someone might not be able to do that as easily as they used to. Um, another thing is perception of objects can change. Um, so if there was, for example, a sort of black mat on the floor, someone might see that as a hole. And so they might they might then try to step over that mat rather than walk across it because that they see that as a, something different. Um, another big one, I think, is mood and behaviour. So people again, sometimes people think, oh no, they're just they just they're just a bit fed up or um yeah, not very happy, but actually dementia can start to affect people's mood and behavior. So I mean, really there's there's probably a lot more symptoms in that, but I guess the the key message is it's not just about losing your memory. There are other other sort of signs and symptoms of it too. So, you know, if people notice someone struggling to do something um, that they've normally been able to do, it could be a sign that that person's living with dementia. Yeah, it must be very scary to have those symptoms. And, and and I guess as a member of the church, we won't always see that. But sometimes in conversation and, you know, that, that customary coffee and cake at the end of the service, we could probably maybe pick up some of these things from the person itself. And uh, and that in itself must be incredibly scary for them to have to deal with. Um, so, I mean... Uh, we've got people within our parish and we've got people within our churches and in our community that are suffering from dementia in, 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 in many different forms. Um, uh, how how do we support them and how do we um, uh, enable them to connect with church or, or, or with any kind of uh, connection with society? Yes, actually, we the terminology we try and use now is um, someone living with dementia rather than suffering with dementia. So that's deemed to be the sort of a, a little bit, I guess, nicer way of okay. of saying things. Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense, isn't it? Living with um, with dementia does uh, make it much more accepting, and 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 we as People who haven't got it that can can support them more. So yeah, yeah, I guess we like to think people can li still live well. Yeah, with, with dementia, um, will be yeah. a different 
but yeah definitely so i mean how how can we support people living with dementia within our churches in in our in our everyday living well i think one of the things churches are uh, particularly good at is knowing our people isn't it so i guess um knowing what makes them tick what they like what they don't like because they're still going to be that person um so it's i guess focusing on the individual really and getting to know the individual not focusing on the dementia um and to find ways of connecting with that person so i guess a good example that i've sort of come across lately is um i visited a a, a cafe that was um aimed at people living with dementia and their carers and they had sort of memory boxes on the table and i picked up i love football so i picked up the sport one and picked up a bristol city program um and straight away Said, oh, this was Ashton Gate in 1976. And straight away, one of the chaps went, oh, let me have a look. Oh, I used to go there in 1976. And I guess straight away, we had that connection. And and they're sort of remembering those things and finding out those things about people, isn't it? Because then next time I visit that calf, I remember that that chap really likes football in Bristol City. And it's something that we can really connect over. Um, And it doesn't matter that he's living with dementia, we actually still had a really good conversation about Ashton Gate, what it looked like then, and then I showed him on my phone what it looked like now. Um, and, it, yeah, it's just sort of connecting with with the person. And I think the, the really good phrase is, once you've met one person with dementia, you've met one person with dementia. Now, everyone living with dementia is, is different, but actually they're still the person they used to be, they still like the things they, they used to like and yeah it's basically trying to find ways of of connecting yeah that sounds that sounds great and and really important i think what i'm hearing from you is that they're all individuals they've all got different ways of navigating through life and and actually just finding some way of relating to them and uh, sparking a conversation is going to be so healthy for them as they as they live with dementia yeah yeah definitely no, that's good. That's good. And and so if I'm aware that I've got a member of the congregation or I've got someone uh, that, that I'm going to kind of interact with um, that's living with dementia, what kind of things can I put in place to make them feel at ease and, and uh, kind of support them living better in our churches with dementia? I guess for a start, having you're sort of like your welcomers or everyone just raising the awareness um, of dementia so that people um, are not, I guess, sort of shocked, I guess, if someone starts behaving differently and can know how to react to it. And that might be something simple like providing a bit more of a quiet space at the back um, for somebody who, who doesn't want to sit and concentrate, they still want to feel part of the service. Um we can um, just, I guess, be friendly to people and um, smile at people and use our sort of body language as well. Um, and then, you know, sometimes afterwards, say sometimes I know coffee areas and churches can get quite chaotic, can't they, and busy. 
you know, it could be yeah. saying to that person, oh, should we, should we go and sit at the front with our car? If you're aware of um, dementia and aware that sometimes background noises in, can be really sort of distracting, then it's just sort of really simple things like that. We don't have to sort of make lots of changes. Um, but, yeah, just, just trying to... And also trying to show support and encouragement to them. But really, I guess it goes back to what I was saying earlier, is to, mm. to know about them and what they would like and how they would like, you know, how, what would make church easier for them. Yeah. Um, so the example I can think of for sort of um, dementia awareness is yeah. somebody who's helping with refreshments at church feeling like they can't help anymore because someone's getting cross because the cups have been put in the plate cupboard and and, and got a bit mixed up. And actually the church then reacting to that, just putting some labels on the cupboards with pictures on the doors meant that that person could then carry on helping with refreshments. Obviously, we're not saying they could do that forever because as dementia progresses, obviously things change. But certainly for a while, it means, well, actually, you know, they still, people still want to feel valued and, and still feel useful. And just because they're living with dementia doesn't mean to say they can't, we still can't find them useful things to do. We just might have to do it a little bit differently for them. Yeah, no, it's such an important message, isn't it? It's so easy to be labelled with something and then suddenly they can feel and sometimes we can portray that they are useless. They've got nothing else they can do for us. But actually, there is so much they can do. And and just some slight modifications, um, I, I can really see how life uh, with them living with dementia within the church is, can be so much more fruitful for them um, to engage with, with, with church life because it can be very busy. Yeah. Um, and and so one of your one of your roles is of course is is to 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 identify that churches can become more dementia friendly and and there's an accreditation that that churches can achieve uh, to become a dementia friendly church and that, that, talk, talk to me a little bit more about that and what is that yeah mean? well is is a sort of concept that the diocese of Bristol started working on before COVID and put together a resource pack, for want of a better word, which is sort of like a self-review kit. Um, and I obviously came into this when that had already been put together um, and looked at it and thought it's, it's absolutely brilliant but can be a little bit overwhelming to start with because it sort of asks you to be really honest about certain sections, you know, the building, the community... And actually, if churches have ticked a lot of, no, 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 we don't do that, no, we don't do that, it can, yeah, fill a bit um, of an uphill battle, really. So that what the Diocese of Litchfield did is they devised this a certification process where churches pick three things, so three actions that they're going to take in the next year towards being dementia-friendly church. Because we we obviously we appreciate, I mean, the church I go to is 180 years old. It's not easy to change these buildings. No. Um, and obviously there's faculty processes and all sorts of stuff tied up to change buildings. But for me, the certification process is about picking three things that we can do. So I guess not being too overwhelmed by 
things we can't do and actually picking three three things we can do um to become work towards becoming dementia friendly and then obviously the um ideas after a year hopefully the church has ticked those three things off and can pick some more things to to do so it could be something as simple as um getting their welcomers all doing dementia awareness training i mean that could be one of the one of the things so i say it's an idea not my idea we've we've worked with the diocese of lichfield they've been working on dementia friendly church for a lot longer than the diocese of bristol and they came down and did a bit of a a brainstorming strategy sort of day with us and they shared all their resources with us which i think was absolutely brilliant um of them because i'm a great believer in not reinventing the wheel and if someone's done something really well somewhere well let's learn from them and and let's you know We've we have obviously had to bristolize it a bit just because of the way things are done in different dioceses are a bit different. But yeah, so hopefully we're not saying don't use a resource pack, they're still brilliant, but alongside that, pick out three things, um, get the PCC's agreement and the buying. So I think um what I would say about this is is it's hopefully not just going to be one person who's got a passion for it in a church. Hopefully they can get the PCC, the clergy on board as well, so that it feels a bit of a joint project to to get in. And, and everyone owns it then, those actions, and hopefully takes part in achieving them. Sounds really exciting and so good that we're not reinventing the wheel. We're all... We're all under the umbrella of church and we're all God's children. And it's great to share some of that stuff with each other uh, to enable us to uh, celebrate some of the great stuff that we can do to support people living with um, dementia. Um, and, and of course, that's kind of the purpose of why we had our you know, Dementia Awareness Day within the mission area. Um, and we are obviously hoping that within Froomside and Yate Parish that we can start looking at an action plan and start ticking some of these things off so we can be formally accredited uh, towards being a dementia-friendly church. Yeah, yeah. No, really good. And so uh, how did the uh, Dementia Awareness Day go within the mission area? Did you come away with it positively? Lots of buzzes, lots of positive feeling? First of all, I just think it's absolutely brilliant on a Saturday, virtually all day, to get over 60 people committed to come and get more dementia aware. So um, I was really, really impressed by that because I think it shows a level of commitment of people taking it really seriously actually um and, and wanting to be part of it and not just leaving it like i say to sort of oh we'll send we'll send someone along and you know they can they can tell us all about it but actually being able to commit to come i, th- I thought it was absolutely brilliant yeah. um and we've had really good feedback from it um people say it said it was a really useful day i mean we we tried to sort of do a variety of different things so that hopefully everyone learned something because obviously when you've got a lot of people, you don't know what people do or don't already know. But actually I think some people said, oh, they'd, there's a bit of a bookcase analogy and someone came and said, oh, I've heard that before, but actually um, yours, you put a bit of a different sort of slant on it and, you know, so still learn something from it. So 
tell us about the, tell us about the bookcase analogy. Is this a way of describing what dementia is? The, the bookcase analogy is a bit of a, a way of um, describing how sort of facts and feelings, really, I guess, for want of a better word. Hmm. So it basically talks a little bit about our um, facts being stored in a bookcase, um, but the bookcase that the facts are stored in. Is from IKEA and it's a, it's a bit rocky, so it can it can wobble. Um, and the but the feelings bookcase, our, our books are still stored, and you know they're still at the bottom. The childhood memories and feelings, and they go up to the to the more recent. But this one's a solid oak sort of bookcase. So it doesn't rock so much. And what we kind of say is imagine dementia being a bit like a storm and coming along and rocking these bookcases backwards and forwards. Um, and the facts bookcases, because it's a bit rickety, the books fall off mm-hmm. um, a lot more easily. And the the books at the top fall off first. Just that That's just sort of what would happen. So... Um, the the childhood ones, some of them stay on the bottom, but the feelings ones, that is much more sturdy and it doesn't get rocked as much. So actually, I guess the moral of the story is um, that although people's facts get jumbled and they might not be able to remember, feelings you can remember. So one of the examples that's sort of given in the training is... Mm someone who's gone to visit their mum and had and been a bit cross with her and they've had a bit of an argument. Mm. Um, and But they thought, oh, it's okay because she won't remember. Well, actually, using the bookcase analogy, actually, she, she will remember. She won't necessarily remember who made her cross or why she's cross, so the facts, but she will remember that she's cross and that cross feeling will sadly stay with her. Um, you know, for a while, and I guess it can work in the in the positive way as well. I've I've heard people say, "Oh, is it worth visiting someone because they don't really know who I am?" And I guess using the bookcase analogy, where they might not know who came to visit them, or even who you are anymore, but actually you've made them feel really happy, um, and that you know that happy feeling may remain for quite a while. So. It's sort of yeah, a, a bit of a way really of of yeah. um, explaining the facts and the feelings. It's a really good way of understanding it, and that whole idea of being left with a real sad feeling and not really knowing why must be so detrimental. But on yeah. the flip side, leaving them with a positive feeling, even though they, you know, living with dementia, they'll forget maybe why this positivity yeah. has come from. Living your day in a positive way is a great way. And you can see some of the things that we can do to maybe influence a, a much more fruitful life for people living with dementia. Yeah. Well, Leanne, thank you for taking the time talking to us. It's been really fruitful and really insightful for for the listeners and and and, and me. Um, we, we know that you know uh, uh, Malcolm and Ian, respective rectors of of the parishes, are going to be working together to to strive to be more dementia friendly within the mission area. Um, but if a listener wants to find out more, I'm I'm assuming they can reach out to you and and find out more information about how they can help with dementia. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I can be contacted via the Diocese of Bristol, nice. either by phone or email. So, 
yeah. And I'll, and I'll put those links into the show notes so people can then link in and, yeah. and yeah. reach out to you. Yeah, more than happy to chat further to people. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Well, like I said, thank you very much for, for spending the time talking to us. It's been really insightful. And um, yeah, we look forward to moving forward uh, within our mission area to become more dementia friendly. And we look forward to seeing what you're going to get up to within the Diocese of Bristol and, and supporting other churches and other church spots to 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 become more dementia friendly. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been good to talk to you. Lovely. Thank you. You're listening to The Connection Podcast, connecting you to the church life within Yate Parish and the Fromeside Benefice. Find out more by visiting yateparish.org forward slash the connection. Please share on your social media and with your friends. Thank you for listening. Do you, like me, feel a little as if you are constantly on a treadmill? Life can be so busy and we can often feel as if there are many demands being made of us by others or in my case even by ourselves. I have to admit I often feel like this and it can be physically and mentally draining. I have just returned from a wonderful trip to Scotland to visit my sister and brother-in-law. Before I went, I was feeling very much on the treadmill. I was making so many demands of myself, many of which, as I reflect, were either unachievable, didn't matter, or something that would have been better done in partnership with someone else. As I reflect back on my trip to Scotland, I genuinely feel it was heaven sent. Not only did it give me time with my sister, who I love very much, but it helped me to experience stepping off the treadmill and just being. Sitting by the Lake of Monteith, on a beautiful sunny day, listening to the birdsong, watching the fish rise, Canada geese flying overhead, paddle boarders gently drifting across the calm water, and even a wonderful glimpse of a fish eagle, plus of course a lovely cup of fresh coffee, were truly awe-inspiring. But also the catalyst for a deep sense of peace and God's presence with me. A truly thin space. That is one of those places where one feels very, very close to God. As if you can almost reach out and touch the Creator. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says to his friends, Come away and rest a while. Clearly, Jesus understood the feeling of being on the dreaded treadmill and recognised 
the importance of taking time to step off into a thin space and to be restored by God. These thin spaces for all of us are, I believe, a wonderful gift from God and to be grasped and experienced deeply when they come our way. They remind me of the old Heineken advert, Other Lagers Are Available, from 1973, which claimed the lager refreshes the parts other beers cannot reach. These thin spaces help to heal and restore us mentally. They remind us of God's unconditional love for each of us and that he is with us every step of the way and understands our need for not just physical refreshment, but for that deep mental and spiritual refreshment. Where is your thin space? Maybe it is a piece of music, maybe your garden, a piece of poetry or a beautiful walk. Make sure you take time to find it and experience its restorative powers because, as the old L'Oreal advert reminds us, you're worth it. And that is exactly what God believes of you, my friends. You are worth it in God's eyes. So step off the treadmill and take time to receive all that God longs to give you through his love for you. Justin's asked us for the Connection podcast to say what we do on those Vicar Blokes. What is it? What is right. those Vicar what Blokes? Is, what is those Vicar Blokes? It's me and you just talking we're, about We're stuff. away in now, aren't we? We still haven't worked it out yet. Well, well, we do three things, I think. That was the idea. We've got our liturgy, haven't we? Yeah, we have got our liturgy. We have the news. So you or me pick a news story. Yeah. Usually you, because I don't watch the news. Yeah. Uh, and we talk about a question or an issue... Uh, to do with Christianity. Well, we talk about something seasonal sometimes. Seasonal, yeah. But, like you know, Easter. We didn't let Easter go by without talking about Easter, did we? Yeah, so, you know. Pentecost, that sort of stuff. So we talk about like a Christian thing and then each week we ask each other to watch a different thing. So you've asked me to watch lots of rubbish TV on there. <laughs> I've asked you to watch good TV. I've been <laughs> nice to you. You make me watch cartoons. They're not cartoons. Anime. They're the cartoons with violence. No, no, they're animes and they're dead good. So we watch different programs. So we then comment on them from a Christian perspective. So we've done excellent animes like The Way of the House Husband and <laughs> uh, Vinland Saga, or some of the rubbish you've asked me to watch. Well, latest one was Dawson's Creek, wasn't it? Yeah, I've actually watched several police dramas. Yeah, yeah. yeah BBC Because I know you like them, so I look out for them just yeah. to let you watch them. I think that's the other thing you might see on this, is we end up winding each other up as well. So tune in to... Well, we have fun, don't we? We, we have, have a laugh. laugh. Yeah. yeah. And People might think we don't like each other, but we do really. Just about, yeah. yeah. So have, have a look. If you Google those Vicar Blokes, uh, it'll pop up. If you go on Red Circle... Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Parish Websites, all over the place. 
but just Google those Vicar blokes and we'll pop up. So that's it for this month's episode of The Connection Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have enjoyed listening to our speakers this time round. If you are listening and you've got something that you would like to promote within the mission area, please do reach out to us. And the way to do that is to go to our website, which is yateparish.org forward slash the connection and click the button to get in touch. And you can drop us an email and let us know if you would like to come on to the show and talk about what you're doing, or if there's something you can see that would really benefit everybody hearing about, then please do reach out to us. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I look forward to reaching out to you next month. Take care. God bless. <laughs>